0: and welcome to the Of Interest podcast. I'm Gareth Vaughan from interest.co.nz. In this episode, I'm joined by Reserve Bank Chief Economist and Director of Economics, Paul Conway. Paul took up his Reserve Bank role earlier this year. One of his previous roles was as Economics and Research Director at the Productivity Commission, and it's productivity that he's here to talk to us about. I know that uh, productivity is an issue very close to Paul's heart, Hi, Paul, and welcome to the Ob Interest podcast. Appreciate you joining us. Kia Gareth. When an economist such as yourself talks about productivity, what do they mean?
1: Yeah, hey, everybody. Um, There's... There's all sorts of ways to think about productivity. There's sort of a narrow definition of productivity that a lot of economics tends to be focused on. Uh, And that's how much value add do we create from an hour of work? And we can measure that relatively easily and we can compare it across countries and do all sorts of interesting uh, analysis. With that type of data, and you know, and it's 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 meaningful. There's lots of sort of signal about how well an economy is doing by looking at uh, value add per hour worked. But then there's this sort of more elaborate measures of productivity where we add in how much capital an economy uses or a business uses uh, to calculate what we call multi-factor productivity. Then we can sort of take account of different um, skills that employees have, you know, it's essentially it just sort of keeps on going. There's lots of management issues around this. I, I sort of think about productivity in a very broad sense, uh, and I sort of think of it in terms of how much well-being does an economy generate uh, from, its, you know, how hard we all have to work and how sort of hard we lean on the environment, uh, that sort of thing. So depending on how what I'm working on, uh, you know, I have a very sort of different Version of of productivity, but you know there's plenty of sort of uh, quotes out there from eminent economists saying that productivity isn't everything, but in the end it's almost uh, everything, and it's sort of it's the fundamental aspect of our economic performance that determines how an economy goes uh, in in the long run. So yeah, it's it's absolutely fundamental to uh, as a driver of well being in in our economy.
0: So you you've covered it. A- my next question there, a bit, which was, I was going to ask, why does productivity matter and, and why should people care about it? But if it drives well-being and, and I guess the, the, the wealth of an economy, et cetera, those would be the reasons you would cite?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, you know, productivity, it's essentially about how good businesses or the economy are at transforming uh, inputs, so labour, capital, energy, uh, into value-add. Um, so, you know, that's all very interesting, but productivity or improving productivity is a means to the end of higher well-being in our economy. And I say I say well-being because if we're more productive, uh, if we're creating more value add from an hour of work, like, yes, we can take that as higher incomes, uh, but we could also take it as, well, let's not work as much uh, and keep our incomes the same or some combination uh, of the two. So it's not just about uh, getting richer. It's, it, it sort of uh, impacts on various aspects of, uh, of, of well-being uh, across New Zealand. So, yeah, that, that's why we care about it because it's the fundamental driver uh, of, of well-being uh, in, in an economy.
0: So you're at the Reserve Bank these days, Paul. So hmm. how, does, how relevant is productivity and how important is productivity to the Reserve Bank
1: yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I sort of like I think traditionally economists have tended to think about sort of long run structural growth in the economy as distinct to uh, cycles or the business cycle around those long run structural trends. Um, but I would sort of push back on that. And, I, you know, at the moment, for example, the economy you know, demand is, uh, is stronger than supply it's you know, sort of demand for goods and services. Is greater than the ability of our economy to supply uh, those goods and services, which is why we've got a bit of inflation. Um, so the Reserve Bank we're increasing interest rates to sort of slow down demand and sort of get inflation back down into the band. Um, but you know, we we could an increase in productivity, which increases the productive uh, capacity of our economy, would also. Uh, be disinflationary so and you know wouldn't require the reserve Bank to increase interest rates by as much and to slow down uh, demand so they're definitely linked I mean we we, we don't use the idea of Productivity is about that long run structural trend in the economy. It's not about sort of macroeconomic stabilization, but, you know, in understanding what we need to do with interest rates to bring balance between aggregate supply and aggregate demand in the economy, we need to have a very good understanding of what's happening on the supply side of the economy and productivity. Uh, is a really massive part of that. The way the way I sort of think about it, Gareth, is you know, monetary policy, uh, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. We really need to have a good, broad understanding of what's happening in the economy. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy that I can bring a lot of that stuff that I learned from the Productivity Commission uh, into the Economics Department at the Reserve Bank here.
0: You initially talked a little bit about how productivity can be measured. Just wondering if you could go into that a bit more. And I guess one of the things that it interests me is, um, you know, you talk about um, value add in an hour's work. Um, mm. Value add can be very different um, in different industries and different jobs, of, of course. Um, so I, I wonder if you can just talk a bit more about how to measure productivity and, and whether that does vary from industry to industry or, or job to job.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, there's a whole... Uh... You know, many very clever people have spent careers uh, thinking about how to measure productivity. So it's a rabbit hole that goes uh, very deep. Uh, I think, you know, if you think of sort of uh, manufacturing uh, businesses or industries, to some extent, it's quite straightforward because you're producing, you know, whatever widgets. And it's sort of how many widgets are we producing per person employed or per Uh, hours worked and it it gets a little more difficult when you start to sort of move into the services uh, sector in our economy and you know you're producing in my case you know research papers or you know monetary policy decisions so how do you measure the productivity of that or or public sector productivity Um, and you know it's it's not exactly my sort of specialist area Um, But we are making. Well, people have been making really good progress in how we measure productivity across different parts of the economy, so that we get measures that broadly are uh, comparable across different bits of the economy and across different economies uh, internationally. But yeah, uh, that's that's not a great answer, except to say it's it's really hard. Um, But we're you know we're making good progress to the point where we have confidence uh, in those types of comparisons.
0: International comparisons are often made, too, between countries. So where does New Zealand rank internationally for productivity these days?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we're not uh, a basket case when it comes to productivity. I think if you look across the OECD group of economies, which how many countries is that these days? Is it 30, 36 um, we are, you know, we're in that group. So that's sort of the top tier in terms of productivity globally. Uh, but certainly within those developed economies, we are at the bottom end. We're sort of uh, down the, the wrong end of that distribution. I think if you compare productivity in New Zealand to the OECD average, uh, I think we New Zealanders work about 10% more hours per person uh, but we produce about 20% less output uh, than your average OECD economy, which is why average incomes and wealth in New Zealand are both uh, you know, significantly below the OECD average. So, you know, that's sort of a bit of a in New Zealand, we tend to grow our economy by, by sort of throwing, you know, adding labour. Uh, into the mix, it, it's been less about investing in capital uh, and investing in, in new technologies to to lift our productivity performance. So we work we work hard compared to the rest of the OECD, but it's not clear, you know, in terms of uh, improving productivity. Well, we you know we're, we're less productive.
0: Has it always been that way, or did New Zealand used to be better in terms of productivity?
1: Oh, back in the fifties. Um, uh, and, and coming out of that post-war period, like New Zealand, we actually had um, our incomes, average incomes were among the highest uh, in, the, in the developed world back then. Top three, if, if not the most uh, highest income economy. But, you know, back then we had a relatively small population. Uh, we had a, um, you know, we had a, a strong comparative advantage in rainfall and grass growth. So we had a really productive agricultural sector, which we still do. Um, But we also had um, like, um, you know, really good access to to the UK. So we were sort of the garden uh, for the United Kingdom. And um, we did very well uh, off the back of that. You know, we did sort of literally live off the sheep's back uh, back in those days. Uh, And then Britain joined the, what was it, the European Economic Community in the early 70s. And we sort of lost that uh, free market access and things got a bit tougher uh, for us ever since. And we've sort of... You know, as I said, we're not a basket case, but we've sort of been sliding down the international rankings uh, since then until about the mid-1990s, I think. And then we've sort of been holding our relative position in that OECD distribution. So we're not um, going, you know, further backwards in a relative sense. uh, But there's not much sign of New Zealand sort of catching up towards those frontier economies, those sort of high productivity economies uh, out there. So, no, it hasn't always been... uh, this way. I think, you know, for a lot of it, we'll probably get to it, Gareth, but I think, you know, our economic geography is a big part of why our productivity performance hasn't been that great. Uh, and I think, you know, once sort of refrigerated containerization became a thing and we did have really strong market access into the UK, you know, economic geography wasn't such an issue uh, for us because we had preferential access. Um, but since we lost that, Uh, you know, those kind of forces of economic geography have sort of become, uh, had more of an impact, been more of a handbrake when it comes to our productivity performance.
0: One thing that you um, said when you were at the Productivity Commission, a, a colleague of mine interviewed you, I think, in about 2018, and a couple of things that came up in that interview were the predominance of small businesses in New Zealand, the significant role of cooperatives and our immigration settings, um, and all these factors were not not really helping us improve our productivity. Can you just explain a little bit about about what you mean there?
1: Um, sure, I don't I don't remember that interview, but um, I, I can imagine what I was uh, what I was trying to what I was trying to say. Like New, New Zealand, like like first of all, I should say that I am optimistic about New Zealand's productivity performance going forward. Like I think. The fact of us being a small economy that's uh, at the kind of last bus stop on the planet has really uh, held us back in terms of our productivity. So many New Zealand businesses aren't particularly well integrated uh, into global markets. Uh, Many of our businesses are focused on small regional markets that tend to be a bit insular. So the size of the market determines the size of the firm. So many of New Zealand businesses are small. Uh, as a result, and as I was saying earlier, you know, we've tended uh, historically at least to grow this economy by sort of throwing labor at it, adding workers into the mix. And that's uh, in part about migration. Um, so I think, you know, all of those factors have sort of conspired to keep our productivity low historically. Uh, and the reason you know, I started out saying I'm optimistic about productivity is because technology is changing everything. Uh, So in the digital realm, uh, geography becomes less of an issue. It becomes less of a handbrake. So it's like technology is sort of eroding those economic forces that have kept productivity growth low in New Zealand for so long. So it's it's now it's become relatively easier for New Zealand businesses to connect globally. Um, We've also got, you know, software as a service. So it's become easier for small New Zealand businesses Uh, to sort of make the most of advanced digital analytics uh, and and, and the like. Um, And, you know, we're having a a, a think about migration settings uh, at the moment. And, you know, there's a real shortage of labor around globally and in New Zealand coming out of the pandemic. So I think businesses are starting to think, well, you know, can I grow by sort of investing in capital and adopting digital technology? So I think our whole mindset Uh, around this productivity issue is beginning to change, uh, which is great. And I think that change has been empowered uh, by by new technology, digital technology in particular. It's exciting.
0: It sure is. And we'll we'll come back to that, the technology side, the migration side and, and those other issues in a minute. I just wanted to throw a couple more questions at you, I guess, as to perhaps why productivity hasn't been great in new zealand but but i guess looking more broadly i'm i'm curious as to whether these factors ha- are impacting i guess elsewhere in the i guess the so-called developed world the first one is aging populations we've heard a lot about those and especially i mean japan's an example that really comes to mind there but new zealand as well and also the, the growth of the services sector and the de- decline of of goods producing industries in in recent decades to so what extent are these um, reducing productivity growth in countries like New Zealand, or have hmm. they reduced productivity growth?
1: Like, I, like demographics has been a huge um, global influence. You know, it, you know, currently the Reserve Bank, you know, in terms of keeping inflation uh, low uh, up until, up until the pandemic and, you know, there's... It it, it may well be changing that sort of the the effect of demographics and aging populations on that inflation process. But in terms of productivity, um, you know, I'm not I'm not like it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a negative event for an economy. I know Japan, you know, there's a lot of fretting going on about having, um, you know, fewer workers per retired person in the economy. And that's definitely a challenge going forward. But you kind of use that as a challenge to say, well, okay, if we haven't got as many people around to do the work, then, you know, we do have to invest in capital and we do have to uh, invest in technology, which would be good for productivity growth. So, you know, again, it's not necessarily the fact that aging populations are going to pull down our productivity growth rates. In fact, they could spur, um, you know, even uh, or or more substantial productivity improvements uh, going forward. Um, So, yeah, that's 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 demographics.
0: Sorry, what was your other one, Gareth, either? Yeah, the growth of the services sector. Oh, yeah, the the services sector of of the goods producing industries. I mean, this is is something that's happened over the last few decades.
1: Yeah, we did an inquiry into this uh, when I was at the Productivity Commission and the services sector has grown massively. Uh, Internationally, I think in New Zealand, about 80 percent of people work in the services sector these days. So manufacturing has declined in a relative sense as a share of the economy. It was never that big in New Zealand to start with. Um, and, And overall, the level of productivity in the services sector isn't that great. Um, but one, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's really extreme variation in the services sector. So there's some parts of it, like the telecoms and, you know, information uh, sort of processing part of the services sector, where productivity, the level of productivity is the highest uh, in the economy. And then there's other bits of it, you know, hospitality, where it's kind of low. It, it's sort of, you know, demand has, has shifted. Towards services, so it's not it's not like we need to configure our economy so that we're just producing the one thing that has the highest, um, you know, productivity sort of payoff. We need to, you know, the economy needs to sort of respond to demand preferences uh, across New Zealanders. So the challenge is, you know, how do we sort of lift productivity in those parts of the services sector where it is so low? Uh, And, you know, often we've sort of thought about the services sector as being a bit immune to productivity growth. There was sort of the stuff about, you know, if somebody's having a concert, only so many people can go and watch sort of thing but again technology is really challenging that old idea uh, that services sector can't improve its, its productivity you know we've got streaming of music for example so that one concert can sort of you know have a lot more customers than how many people you can fit in the opera house uh back in back in the day so so yes i think you're right that this structural change uh in the economy has been one of the factors you know, towards services. Has been one of the factors that's kept uh, productivity growth a bit contained. Uh, but also, I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think technology again is sort of showing the way how we can uh, create a, a more productive services sector, like here in Aotearoa, and also uh, globally as well.
0: The other thing I, I wanted to, to ask about before we move on to, I guess, uh, ways of improving productivity is, is productivity intrinsically tied to economic growth and, and vice versa. Um, I guess, do, do you have to have improving productivity to, to grow your economy? Do you have to have economic growth to improve productivity? And, and you know, we, we do have a lot of concern around about climate change these days and, and I guess, resources being a bit scarce, especially if you look at energy in Europe at the moment, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um so is, is lower productivity something that you get if your economy is just simply weak or not growing very much if at all
1: like, like productivity is a really important hallmark like a, a healthy economy is an economy that's delivering good uh, productivity growth you know that's clear it feeds into into um, incomes you know there's less uh, deprivation. In productive economies, and even you know, productive economies have better environments than unproductive uh, economies. So it's a real hallmark of a healthy economy that's doing its job. You know, the job of the economy is to serve the people, and and the way an economy does that is through uh, better productivity. I, I think you know the the point you raise around um, the sort of transition to a uh, um, zero carbon global economy is is really interesting and. Um, I think you're kind of hinting at you know, this idea of degrowth. That to address climate issues, we really uh, we can't have economies that sort of grow in the same way that they have uh, previously. And I and I think that's true to the extent that previous growth has been based on fossil fuels. And I think it's a huge challenge to sort of rewire our energy systems. Uh, towards renewables. But I do sort of push back on the idea of degrowth. growth Like, I don't think that we need to uh, necessarily sort of go backwards uh, in, in a growth sense to meet the challenges of climate change. And, you know, when I think about, um, you know, the sharing economy, so like just for example, a neighbourhood, you know, has – one lawnmower, for example, across 25 houses instead of everybody having their own lawnmower. You know, some people would think of that as being degrowth because we don't need as many lawnmowers anymore. But I actually think about that as a technological improvement because we've developed this technology that allows neighbours within a community to share a piece of capital. You know, in this case, it's, it's a lawnmower or when cars are just sort of driving around, picking us up and we don't need sort of one, you know, or two per, per household. I mean, that would classify as degrowth. But I actually think that's regrowth um, because it's using technology uh, in a way that means we're less dependent uh, on resources. So I think economic growth is going to continue to be a thing and uh, will continue to improve well-being and make us better off. Uh, and I think, you know, that it'll do that in a way that does address uh, climate change. And it will mean sort of less capital per person. But I, 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 you know, I don't see that as degrowth. I see that as growing in a better, more more sustainable uh, way. And I think, you know, just New Zealand, we can really be at the forefront of uh, this kind of stuff. We've got good social connection uh, in our economy. So again, it's another opportunity for us to lead.
0: So I mentioned that you wrote a really interesting article for us back in, in 2020, I think when you were at BNZ. Um, a a, a pro-productivity policy agenda for New Zealand and you had a list of nine things. And I'll I'll just read them off and we can sort of work our way way through some of them. We probably won't get to all of them, but um, number one was do immigration better. Number two, improve the matching of skills to jobs. Number three, strengthen the economic returns from science and innovation. Number four, improve the tax system to encourage productive investment. Number five, improve the housing market. Number six, improve the provision and functioning of infrastructure. Seven, lift competition, especially in parts of the services sector. Eight, encourage collaboration. And I think there you were talking about small firms in particular. And nine, improve public sector productivity. Um, Is there anything, I guess, two years on that you would add to that list? You have talked about innovation and technology, but I guess that comes under some of those nine points already. Yeah, that's
1: right. Like, I, you know, coming out of COVID, uh, you know, I really started to see the potential for digital technologies to improve uh, New Zealand's productivity performance. So that, that's sort of in that list around, you know, innovation uh, and the like, and also skills. Uh, you know, the, the more I sort of think about it, like to successfully adopt digital technologies to make the most of the digital opportunity. Uh, Because it's not easy. It doesn't just sort of happen by osmosis or magic. Um, It requires really strong management capability within a business and it requires uh, workers, labour to be digitally, uh, you know, literate, to have good, strong digital skills. So that's sort of, you know, and again, that's in there in terms of improve the ability of the education system to create skills that are in demand uh, in the labour market. So, you know, I, I... I wouldn't add anything else in there. I, th- I think we're making progress on on some of those uh, issues, but I think there's still a long, a long way to go, uh, you know, if we are to create a, a sort of productive New Zealand economy. I should say, you know, it's not just about um, regulation. It's not just about government policy. Uh, I think there's things that businesses can do uh, as well uh, in terms of adopting new technologies. And I know this is a challenge for many New Zealand businesses that are quite small, I think there's a lot that can be gained from sort of learning from, you know, successful businesses in your industry and sort of collaborating. It's sort of unrealistic for every New Zealand firm to have a sort of R&D lab uh, in the basement. So what can we learn from each other? You know, is there a role for sort of peak industry bodies to help uh, in that collaboration uh, sort of space? And then, of course, you know, there's things for workers to do in terms of keeping our skills uh, up to date so that we can sort of use digital technologies and keeping them fresh. I really like the sort of idea of lifelong learning. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's quite an agenda. I, I do think coming out of the pandemic that our sort of mindset is a bit is a bit changed. I think we're, if we traditionally... Uh, coming out of economic crises, you know, there's usually a reform agenda that comes off the back of that, and I think coming out of a pandemic, our minds are more open to sort of thinking about, you know, what economy do we want to uh, sort of build and develop and 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 live in. So I do think it's sort of really fertile ground at the moment for thinking about how to build a productive New Zealand economy. And I think you know a lot of those policy prescriptions are just as relevant now uh, as they were back in back in 2020.
0: In terms of productivity and um, I know you've, you've mentioned there that it's it's an issue for the private sector as much if not more than, than, than the, the public sector but in terms of the, our politicians would you like to perhaps hear them talk about productivity a bit more and do you think we should at a national level set any targets?
1: Um, yeah I don't know about targets, they, they can end up being a little bit um, self-defeating in some ways you know, I, th- I think it's important to say that New Zealand's productivity issue has been around for, for decades. So it's not about any one uh, political uh, party or any one government. You know, I think it's really challenging. And, and as I was sort of hinting at earlier, I think it's not just about government. And one of the things I was really uh, pleased to get done at BNZ is we sort of we were quite instrumental in pulling together this, uh, this group of New Zealand corporates called the uh, Digital Boost Alliance. Uh, And we're sort of just saying, you know, um, what can we do to encourage digital adoption across New Zealanders? And the idea being that a flourishing New Zealand economy is in everybody's best interests, including uh, the corporate. So it's a matter of sort of how can we collaborate and invest in improving the skills and just encouraging the diffusion of digital technologies uh, across, across across the economy. So, you know, there's... There's the, like I, I do think we should um, that the productivity conversation should get a little more prominence. So, you know, I should say I think the Productivity Commission is doing a, a great job uh, in this respect um, but yeah absolutely we should be talking about productivity in fact I think that was the title of that article that I, that I wrote for interest.co.nz uh, let's talk about productivity so yeah that hasn't changed I still think
0: it's important Great. Well, look, Paul, that's probably a good place to to wrap it up for today. Really appreciate your time. That's Paul Conway, who's the Reserve Bank Chief Economist and Director of Economics. And I'm Gareth Vaughan at interest.co.nz with another episode of our Of Interest podcast.